This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, April 1st, 2012. Journey of Hope. Loss. And so we are on a journey of hope. But in that, we must make a journey to the cross. Today is something that we call Palm Sunday in the life of the church, and we'll be speaking about that in a moment. But this is Holy Week. It's a week where we pay particular attention to what Christ did for us, that journey that he willingly took for each one of us. And so this week, uh, this right now marks the beginning of that week. We invite you to come back on Thursday night as we share the Last Supper, that's Holy Communion, like Jesus shared with his disciples before he was put to death. So we'll have Holy Communion, the Last Supper together, and there will be some, some meditation and some prayer and some words that Alan and I will speak and um, some other surprises, actually, that will help us along the way. You're also invited to come back on Friday. From 12 to 7 o'clock, this worship center will be open for you. It's just time for quiet prayer and meditation to spend time with God, to really dive into what Christ has done for each one of us as we're on this journey of hope. So we hope to see you Thursday night. Child care will be provided. And then if you're able to, to come back on Friday for some some quiet time, just one-on-one with the Lord. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. And my name's Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you and praise you today and all days. God, as we've been along this journey of hope, there have been ups and downs. And today, we really need to focus on a very tough subject, the subject of loss. So, God, open up our hearts. Help us receive what you would intend for each one of us to receive. Help us set aside the agenda of the day that begins at noon and help us really focus and and lean into you right now, right here. We do give this time to you now in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So it was... 15 or 20 years ago, I'm not exactly sure, but um, I had a great day. Great day with my dad. You know, it's so much fun to have one-on-one time with any parent, but this was especially precious to me because there had been brokenness in my relationship with my dad for a variety of reasons, but God had done a mighty work and there was healing, and we were at the point in our relationship where we just valued every moment that we had together. So this particular day, uh, we were still living in Seaford, and so um, I hopped on the boat at Lewis, the Lewis Ferry, and went to Cape May. My dad was staying in Ocean City, New Jersey, and we rendezvoused at Cape May. Had a great day, just hanging out, looking at the sights, had a great lunch together. My heart was just soaring. It's a day that Uh, really was a history-making day for us. So it was time for me to get back on the boat, 
And it was this titanic moment where, you know, I'm on the boat and where I'm waving and dad's waving and we're blowing kisses back and forth. And, you know, we're celebrating, you know, I love you, dad, love you, dad, love you, care. And, um, but something inside of my heart felt a little bit unsettled. I didn't really know what that was. So anyway, I'm just rejoicing in the day. I get back to Seaford. I'd rush right to a swim meet. I'm not sure if it was Aaron, Megan, Devin, or Turner who were swimming. Maybe all of them, maybe some of them. I have no idea. Swim meets, by the way, are not my favorite things. But anyway, so I'm, yay, go, go, swim, swim, swim. And it's a small town. And so somebody found me and said, Carrie, you need to call Sandy. That's my dad's wife. You need to call Sandy right away. I did. And what I found out was as we're, bye, bye, love you, love you, my father was in the midst of a heart attack. And so his chest, you know, he had chest pain. He got himself to the hospital. He was airlifted, um, pretty severe, praise God. Um, Even after several more heart attacks, I still have my dad, and, and God is good. But the point of this story is that I am on top of the world with my dad. And five, six hours later, things came crashing in. Mm. So maybe you've been there yourself one time or another. It happens a lot. You have a high point, maybe even a mountaintop experience, you know. A really good time in your life, something memorable, something you want to hold on to. And while the glow is still there, they're still kind of emanating from you, from your face, from your soul, something happens. Something not good, something painful, possibly even tragic. So oftentimes, I guess almost all the time, if not all the time, it's a loss. A loss of one type or another. And you're, you're left kind of just shaking your head, wondering about the irony of how life can be so good one minute, And so not good the next. And the thing about this is you're not alone. Let me say that again. You're not alone. Because as tough as it is, it happens sooner or later to virtually all of us. Some more than one time, many more times than one. But it happens to all of us, virtually all of us, at least once. And we're just kind of left wondering, how can we go from one extreme to the other so quickly? The one thing to remember, other than we're not alone, is that we're in good company. It happens to each one of us, but it also happened to Jesus. Jesus experienced the highs and the lows throughout his life. There are two that we'd like to lift up to you today. One is at the very beginning of his ministry, and the other is at the end of his ministry. There at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus went down to the river, the River Jordan, where where John was baptizing people, and Jesus was going to be baptized. And and John, his cousin, in fact, said, you know, the truth is, you should be baptizing me, not me baptizing you. But Jesus went ahead and went into the river, and John baptized him. And here's what happened next. Mark chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. 
As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Can you imagine? Can you put yourself in Jesus' place? Wow. Come up out of the water. The sky's open. And, and the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, descends like a dove. And then there's a voice. This is my son. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's God the Father speaking. Does it get any better than that? I don't think so. Well, what happens next comes right in the next line of Scripture. Mark 1, verse 12. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the desert. And he was in the desert 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. Things don't change much more quickly than that, do they? At once! At once, the Spirit sent Jesus into the desert. So, so he comes up out of the river. <laughs> Come on, Jesus was human and fully human, fully divine. His human side's going, whoa, this is awesome. Sky's open, dove descending. Father going, this is my boy. I love you. I'm pleased with you. It doesn't get any better than that. And boom, immediately transported to 40 days of fasting in the desert while being tempted by Satan himself. Wow. You know, you, you don't go from that high to that low. That's pretty severe, wouldn't you say? I would say probably that's the most severe, unless you compare it to what happens to him three years later. Three years later. That high point is what we celebrate today. As I said a few moments ago, today is a day that we call Palm Sunday. We can read about this in the Bible, and we read about when Jesus and his disciples were given a hero's welcome as they came into town, as they were headed toward Jerusalem. And in the Bible, in some of your versions, there's a little heading that names this the triumphal entry. You see, the king was coming to town. And so picture this. I mean, the crowds are lined. It's a really big parade. Jesus is riding in on a colt, on a donkey. People are waving their palm branches, screaming, yelling, yay, here you come. They're taking their cloaks. They're, they're putting it down to make a path for Christ. You know, it reminds me of what I've experienced this past week. I was in Houston from last Sunday night until yesterday, spending time with our uh, daughter and son-in-law and our two precious little baby girls. And Isabella, she's almost four years old, I spent six days playing princess. (laughs) And I wasn't the princess. Isabella was, and then Adeline had to follow suit. She's two, Isabella's almost four. But Isabella would say, dun da 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 and then I'd have to say, introducing Isabella and Ruskowski, and then little Adeline, dun da 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 introducing Adeline May Ruskowski, and we did this over and over and over, and I'm like, yay, you're a princess, you're beautiful, I love you, and for her, that was the coolest thing, and I'm just thinking, okay, in her little life, that's what it, way, yay, 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 Jesus. 
experiencing, yay, you are the king, you are the king, and they threw their cloaks and they shouted. Scripture doesn't have ta-da-da-da for this, (laughs) but it's close. Do you, have, do you have those palm branches you had when you came in? Take those out. Let's see those palms. Give it, let's get some use out of those things. You can't be hiding them now. Come on. Because on that day, they were waving them. They were laying them down in the street. This was, uh, uh, the king was coming. And you, and you lined the path with your cloaks and with the palms. Say it with me. Hosanna! Blessed, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. One more time. Hosanna in the highest. One more time. Hosanna in the highest. What a triumphal entry. It's like a rock star came to town. What an incredible reception that Jesus and his disciples had as they're entering into town, treating him like royalty. Treating him like royal, like a king. Dun da da da. Dun da da da. If we were translate the scriptures, we're going to have to put the dun da 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 in there. Anyway, here's our challenge, though, today. Our challenge, amidst all the da 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 da's, amidst the Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, amidst all the challenge and all the celebration, is that we know. And we need to remember that as Jesus approaches Jerusalem, he's ultimately heading to the cross. He's heading to the cross. Yeah. And here's the other thing. He knows it. As he hears Hosanna in the highest, he knows what this week is going to bring. Today they're shouting Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And before the week's out, they're going to say, crucify him, crucify him. And he knows it. The one who today is given a hero's welcome in just a few short days will be arrested, beaten, crucified, and buried. After three years of ministry, of helping and healing, of preaching and teaching, of sharing and caring. After three years of simply offering God's unconditional love to everybody around him, the Son of God will be treated as a common criminal and executed using one of the most horrible, painful, excruciating methods of execution ever devised by humankind. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? As we travel with Jesus, as we journey with Christ to the cross, we too experience the irony of the highs followed by the lows, of the joys followed by sorrows, of the triumphs followed by tragedy. We sometimes think that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that our life is just going to be great, that nothing bad's going to happen, that we're like, oh, we're smooth sailing. Well, in one respect, we are. But here's the thing. When we claim Christ, there is one whom we name Satan who hates that. 
And so we will get bombarded. Now, when we're not in Christ, Satan just doesn't even need us because we're already operating in this other area or this other arena. But anyway, when we're in Christ, Satan would like to derail us. And so there are challenges that come along the way. What Jesus does promise is that no matter what we face, no matter what challenge comes our way, that we're never left stranded, that we're never left orphaned, that we have a heavenly Father, God the Father, who loves us, who guides us, who cares for us. The promise of Scripture says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In my version, it's like there's no place where you can go where I am not. You cannot stray from me. You, you know, you're, you're trying really hard. You're trying to get this way, but, you, but you're the one that's moving. And I'm going to just keep by, the gra- by grace, by love, I'm going I'm to stay after you. I will never let you go. That is the promise that we have, that he would be with us, that he would carry us, that he would shoulder the burdens that we face. And so as we travel with Jesus, we can expect blessings along the way, but there will also be loss. Loss. We will experience loss just as Jesus experienced loss on his way to the cross. Our losses will be different one from another, but they'll all share one thing in common. (laughs) They will challenge us as we look toward a bright, and glorious future. Hmm. They might cause us even to question where God is as we follow this path. They will allow us to wonder what kind of a journey we're really on. As we travel to the cross with Jesus and we face the challenges along the way, we may even sometimes wonder, is this really a journey of hope? And if so, where is the hope amidst all this loss? Where's the hope? Losses are different for each one of us. For some, it might be the loss of someone close to you, someone that you love. For others, it might be the loss of a job, a career, a vocation. Still others, it might be the loss of a home or something that, that you have that has meaning, that has value to you. It might be a savings might be your retirement, might be a 401k, it might be some future that you dreamed of and hoped for that just isn't. It could be the loss of your health. It could be the loss of your youth. Amen to that. Maybe you just aren't able to do the things that you used to be able to do. And you're grieving that. And you're experiencing that loss. You're, you might be angry about that. Give it to Christ. Just give it to Jesus. Maybe there are things that brought you joy and pleasure that no longer are. We all experience loss. You know, each week uh, during this journey, we've pulled something out of this backpack, this knapsack that we've been carrying along with us. This week we pull out a mirror. Yeah, mirror, it's helpful along the way sometimes. You always want to look your best, even on the path there. Mm. 
You know, mirrors, usually they're a reflection of who we are. Sometimes when we look in the mirror, it can be more than that. Sometimes they, um, they give us the opportunity to dream. You ever looked in the mirror and just kind of daydreamed? Maybe dream about who we want to be. Or maybe we dream about who we would like to be, who we hope to be. Mirror, mirror on the wall. What's my future? What's my call? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes when we look into the mirror, it's kind of a, a window into our souls. This particular mirror is shattered. It's cracked. It's broken. And it represents us, our brokenness. Times in our lives where things have shattered. Times when we can't see ourselves clearly. Times of confusion. Times of loss. And so we're left wondering. And so we're, we're left. And this is a reminder that as we look at this brokenness, how quickly things can change. How quickly we can go from Hosanna to crucify. Jesus knew how quickly things would change, especially as he uh, shared a last meal with his disciples. He knew what was coming, although they really didn't. Even when he told them, they didn't quite grasp it. But um, he knew it was coming. He knew that the high was going to become a low very shortly, that this Hosanna would become crucify. And yet he needed to leave his disciples with something to cling to, some hope in the midst of this loss that they were going to experience. And so he took something that they were very familiar with, the Passover meal. They were all Jews. They'd experienced the Passover every year of their life. It was the standard ritual. Now, it didn't change. Every year it was the same. It, you could count on it. And so he took what was very familiar, but he breathed new life into it, in order to offer them some hope in the midst of the loss that they were about to experience. And so during that meal, he took the bread, as was custom, and gave thanks to God the Father. Broke the bread, and then he gave some new, new, new words to the traditional meal. When he said, this is my body given for you. Take eat. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, wine, in our case, juice. Again, tradition had a prayer to the Father, which he did. And then he gave new meaning when he said, this is the new covenant of my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we're invited to share in this meal of remembrance as well. 
the incredible part is we're invited while we're yet sinners. Thank the Lord. It'd be a lot of bread and juice left over if we had to be perfect to come to this table, wouldn't there? Yeah, yeah. And yet before we come to the table, it's important for us to kind of get real and to talk to God about that junk in our lives that's separating us from Him. In the traditional church, we call this a prayer of confession, where we talk to God about the sin, about the separation, about the junk in our lives that keeps us from experiencing the love that He has for us. So we're going to take a couple minutes. I'll start the prayer. Each of you can talk to God individually about the junk in your life, and you can relax. You're not going to surprise Him. He already knows it's there. This is for your sake. Let's pray. Most holy God, please come to your table. Thank you for the invitation. And um, before we come, we just need to take a minute to talk about the stuff in our lives that's getting in the way, the, the sin that separates us from you. Most holy God, please hear our prayers. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. Holy Spirit, bless these gifts, the bread, the juice. May they be for us a means to your grace, a means to your love, a door that opens into a relationship with you or a continuing rededication of our lives to you. Almighty God, thank you for making that journey all the way to the cross so that Death has no sting, so that we have life here on earth and in heaven, a glorious eternity with you. Almighty God, thank you for redeeming the world, for your purpose and plan for each one of our lives. Open us up, Lord, so that we might receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.